All right. Open your Bible up. Open your Bible up to Genesis, Book of Beginnings. Genesis chapter 18. I'm excited to be here tonight. GM Camp. Come on now. 2011. Come away. That's our theme. Come away. Come away and get Jesus faced. Camp's going to be good. June 25th, put it in your calendar. Invite your friends. Bring a friend. Bring yourself. You there? Genesis 18. You ready? Genesis 18, verse 1. How many wanted that guy real quick? How many wanted that guy? How about... Hey, next week, if I get a chance... Well, I can't tell you now. All right, here's one real quick. Here's that guy. You guys want to hear that guy? That guy... Filter. That guy that goes to the gym... And doesn't work out, but he just looks at himself in the mirror the whole time. Don't be that guy. I saw somebody over here look at somebody else over here. I won't say nothing, though. Okay, good. All right, that guy. I got like 15 or 16 that guys, but we don't got time. So uh, we'll do it next week. Okay, Genesis 18, verse 1. All right. It says this, then the Lord, say the Lord, Lord. yes, he appeared to him by the terebinth trees of Mamre, as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. So they're talking about Moses. Moses is sitting by his home right inside the tent, next to the tent door. So he's trying to get shade because it's a hot day. You get it? So you got to get the picture. Moses is sitting there. Oh, sorry, that's in Moses. Dang it, Abraham is sitting there, just trying to see if you're paying attention. Abraham is sitting there inside of, next to his tent door, trying to get shade because it's a hot day. The Lord appeared to him. So, the Bible says in verse 2, he lifted his eyes and looked. And behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, uh, three men, there was, uh, uh, this was a type of Jesus in the Old Testament where actually Jesus revealed himself. If you want to get in uh, special in terms, it was a theophany. In other words, where God revealed himself here on earth in the form of a man. It was Jesus on earth in the form of a man way back when, first to Abraham. The two other ones that were there with him were angels. You get me? So Jesus, or God, in the form of a man, and two angels on his right and on his left were there, standing by Abraham. And when he saw them, he ran. Say, he ran. Come on. I didn't hear it over here. Say, he ran. He ran from the tent door to meet them. And he bowed himself to the ground and said, my Lord, not my Lord's, but my Lord, if I've now found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. So God reveals himself. He says, look, Lord, if I found favor with you, don't keep on going. Verse 4, please let a little water be brought. You can wash your feet and rest yourselves under this tree because it's a hot day. You with me? And I will bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts. After that, you may pass by in as much as you have come to your servant. He's saying, look, I'm going to take care of you, and then you can go on your way. 
they said, do as you have said. Abraham gets a picture, realizes that God is there. So he says, look, I'm going to take care of you. And when I'm done, then you can leave. So Abraham hurried. Say hurried. Come on, say hurried. Yeah, he hurried into the tent to Sarah. So he runs back to his wife and said, quickly, make ready three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes. Okay. Abraham ran to the herd, took a tender and good calf, gave it to a young man, and he hastened to prepare it. So he took butter and milk and the calf which he had prepared and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree as they ate. You with me? I'm going to keep asking that because I'm just wondering, are you really with me tonight? Because God's with us, and he's got a word for us. But if you're not with us, with me, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. So pay attention. Ready? My message tonight. What's my message title tonight? I don't even remember. Go ahead, show it. Make your decision. Make your decision. Sometimes I've got to be reminded. Make your decision. Come on, say, make your decision. Make your decision. Say it again. Make your decision. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, tonight we thank you for your spirit that is here with us and in us. God, we thank you that you're alive. We thank you that you enable us and allow us and give us access to worship you. And God, tonight we want you and ask you to impart a word into us, God, that we would leave here changed. God, we ask that you'd make the words on the pages of my Bible and our Bible to come alive and that you'd breathe them into our hearts, into our lives, and that we would leave here different. We would leave here changed. God, I'm asking for each individual to have an encounter with you tonight, God, because that's what we need if we're going to move forward. So God, we bless you, we praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Hey, I'm excited uh, to be here. Uh, but one of the things that <clears throat> excites me more than anything is, is when I get to spend time with my wife and my son. And actually, I really mean that. More than anything is, is usually when I get done here, I sometimes I go to Moose's Tooth. Uh, <laughs> come on. I already went to Moose's Tooth today. Got my fixing. I'm feeling pretty good. I might have to go there later tonight. Who knows, you know? Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And, but the, my favorite time is when I go home and spend time with my wife and kiss on my son. Those are my favorite times. And, and what happened was, uh, and kiss on my wife too, if you know what I'm talking about. What happened was about uh, seven years ago, wow, seven years ago, uh, I first met my wife. We weren't married, obviously. That had been weird. Uh, but I knew we were going to get married. Come on, Reed. I knew it. And I saw her from a distance, say from a distance. And, 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 and I was standing in that foyer right there, right out, right out here. And I was, I was coming here to, to, to Heritage to, to come to school here. And as I was standing there, I had a sensation. Anybody had a sensation before? Anybody have a nudge before? Anybody have an inclination? You know what I'm talking about? When, when that person, and you just, maybe you smell them. Uh, maybe... Now look, when I'm done with this message, that doesn't mean you can go and try and find that person. Look, there's a reason why we have security guards here. Come on, Billy. We do not promote that. Here. Come on, Billy. Or out there. Yeah. Especially out there. But hey, beside the point. So I had a sensation 
that there was somebody coming up behind me. And if you, if you hadn't noticed, that's a long hallway. And I was all the way at the end of the hallway. And I turned around and I saw, come on, somebody say saw. I saw, I saw my wife. But at the point, at the point, at the, at that specific time, I didn't know that she was my wife. I, I just thought, she's about to be my wife, you know. And, and I'd seen her before, but this was a whole nother seeing, you know what I'm talking about? Like, like you can see something, but then you see something. I'm not saying I'm, don't, you know, shut up, you perverts. I'm for real, like, come on. Sometimes you got to put disclaimers out there because there's perverts, not the girls, the guys. Come on, ladies, right? Ladies acting like they're all holy or something. (laughs) But I realized that in just a few moments, I had to say something. I realized that I was the only one at the end of the hallway, and there was this beautiful blonde girl, about five foot four. I say she's five foot three, but she says she's five foot three and a half, so she rounds it up five foot four. I'm like, whatever. I wish I could say that she was five foot three, because then I'm really a foot taller than her. I don't know what that is. Maybe it's my pride, but. So I just say, whatever, I'm, I'm six foot three and a half, then boom. And I'm still a foot taller than you. She's like, well, I'm five foot four. Dang it. All right, I ain't six foot four. But I'll put my shoes on, and there, now I'm six foot four, you know. But I realized that in just a few moments, I had to say something. I couldn't be the idiot that's like, ah. And the worst part was that my mom was standing next to me. You know, you know, it's one thing, it's one thing to see that person. It's another thing to see that person with your mama standing right next to you. So part of me wanted to run for my mom, but I thought, no, this is my mom. You know what I'm talking about? And I saw her coming. My heart started pounding. You're thinking, oh gosh, what am I going to say? This is the first time. It's got to be good. I haven't brushed my teeth today. Dang it. Oh, shoot. It's okay. I can say something. Just, just, just keep a distance, you know? Okay. Speeding a little faster. Start breaking a sweat. She's still like 300 feet from me. Uh, what am I going to do? So I, I, I start kind of working this whole thing in my head about all the things I'm going to say and things I'm not going to say, the posture I'm going to take. You know, I was, you know, I ha, I, how do I, you know, how do you, how do you stand when she's coming? And that was my question. <laughs> That's a tough question. They don't teach that in high school. They don't teach that in junior high, but these are real issues that we face. So I was, I was, I was nervous. I was nervous. I realized that in just a few moments, I had to make a conscious decision. I realized that in just a few moments that I was going to come face to face with this bodacious, extraordinarily beautiful woman, and I had to do something. I didn't want to be the idiot that missed my opportunity. Somebody say amen. If I did make a decision there, I wonder where I would be now. I wonder if I'd been married to her. Now, I'm not saying that I wouldn't have been, but, but I realized this is an important moment in history. 
and I have to make a really important decision. Pull up my calculator. What are my odds of even succeeding? <laughs> my mom really takes the odds down. <laughs> I didn't brush my teeth. She's older than me. Had all these thoughts. and She came closer and closer. I could almost smell her, you know. And then she came. You know, you ever seen that? She's like, hi, I'm Ashley. <laughs> you know, it felt, like, it felt like it was about six hours went by, but it was maybe 5, 0.5 seconds, you know. Do I say something, you know? <laughs> I, everything wanted is give her a hug or something. Come here, I'm going to hug you. <laughs> and I thought, this is kind of weird. Hi. 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 And I stuttered about three times. I'm Gabriel. It's like, oh, wow, it's good to see you. And then everything else just kind of went smoothly, and now we got a baby. <laughs> oh, well, I'm serious. <laughs> Man. <clears throat> Once again, I'm not promoting relationships. Eventually, there should be some measure of relationship because we got to populate this earth. But you're too young. Come on, say, I'm too young. And if, and if you're, yeah, I'll say it louder. Come on, Reed. And if you don't think it, I'm going to make sure you believe it. Especially the guys in here. Say amen. I don't even know what I said. Say, make a decision. I realized that I had to make a decision. Was I going to say something? And make a, make a point and, a, and, a, and, a, and leave my mark in history, you know, like right back there on that side of that foyer. Was I going to make a decision that was going to change my life forever? Because I knew it would. I knew that if I made this decision, that something was going to progress. This wasn't just another encounter with some individual. It wasn't just another person. I knew that, that this person was the person. Some of you are like, yeah, I feel the same way right now. No, you don't. Look, I was an idiot. Say idiot. Now, I got lucky. Say lucky. And blessed. Say blessed. But don't follow my stupid. Say stupid. Example. Say example. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I guarantee the odds are not high. The odds are not high. But regardless, this was my situation. And I had this, I had this, I had this, 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 this realization. I got to do something. There comes a point in time for each of us as individuals to realize that I have to make a decision. Say, make a decision. Come on, you got to say it with attitude. Say, make a decision. There comes a point in time where you not only realize something, you not only see something, you not only embrace something, but you make a decision about something. It's one thing to see something. It's another thing to respond to something. It's one thing to hear the gospel. It's another thing to make a decision to respond to the gospel. I'm talking to, I'm talking to you tonight. Because when I say that, you all automatically think to yourself, well, Gabriel, I've already made a decision, but I beg it differ. Sure, I think you've made some decision. But have you made the right decision? Between... Between where you are now 
And what God has planned for you is a decision. You with me? Listen, listen. Between where you are right now and the expression, listen, and the fruit of God's promises for you is a decision. You will not see the expression of the fruit of the promises of God. You will not see the fruit. When I say that, you will not see the manifestation. You will not see the reality of what God has for you unless you make a decision. It's not going to happen by osmosis. In other words, it's not going to happen by evolution. It's not just going to appear. You have to make a decision. Say, make a decision. And those decisions aren't always easy, are they? Moses was not in this picture. It was Abraham. And God came to him. Say me. God came to him. Say me. God came to you. Say me. God came to you. You didn't have to make that decision. I didn't have to ask that girl to come down that hallway. It came to me. God has come to you. And what Abraham realizes is that God came to him with favor. God has come to you with favor. God has already come. You don't need to ask him to come. You don't need to make a decision to pray to ask God to come. God has come to you. Say me. God has come to you with favor, with grace, with mercy, with love, with a decision not to judge you, not to come against you, but a decision to reconcile your relationship to him. He's made a decision already. He's already made the decision. And his decision is expressed. But you're not going to reap the manifestation or the, or the, the ramifications or the fruit of what he's decided to do in you unless you make a decision as well. The difference between a mature Christian, you can write this down if you're taking notes, and I recommend you take notes. The difference between a mature Christian and an immature Christian is that a mature Christian makes decisions. Or rather, the difference between an immature Christian and a mature Christian is that a mature Christian has made a decision. I'm going to talk about what that decision is. But you must understand tonight that God requires a decision of you. Say decision. You know, I, I wish it was just, I wish it was just, you know, God just came and, and, and did something and then he just picked me up and, and made me into his robot and I just did everything that he made me do. But that's, that's not, that's not, that's not, God's come to you, but you have to make a decision. God is waiting on your decision. It's an important one. It's a life-changing one. It's a world-changing. I said, yeah, a world-changing. It's a culture-changing decision. It's a family-changing decision. It's a course-changing decision. It's a motive-changing decision. It's a decision that will not only change the course of your life, but it will change the course of your motivations and your inspirations. And it will change the course of your desires if you make a decision. I'm not asking that you would look for a feeling. I'm not asking that you would find a feeling. I'm asking that you would make a decision. 
I'm not asking that you would feel led to do something. I'm asking that you would make a decision regardless of what you feel, regardless of what you feel led to do or not to do. I'm asking you to make a decision. Because God's asking you to make a decision. Not based off what you feel, not based off of a leading, but based off of what has already been done. That God has come to you with favor, with blessing. He hung on a cross. But before that, he lived a life of perfection. He lived a life that you could never live, and neither could I. He met every requirement of God. He met every standard of holiness and purity that you and I could not meet. He did it. Say, he did it. He made that decision that one day I'm going to come to earth and I'm going to live a life. Not for myself because I'm already righteous, but I'm going to live a life that those who put their faith in my life will become righteous as well. Not just in the death. Look, people, you, you, you talk about evangelism and you want to bring people to Jesus and your family to Jesus, but you need to understand something. Don't just preach the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus because the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus means nothing if you don't preach the life of Jesus. Because it's the life of Jesus, it's what he did that qualifies us. It's our faith in what he did in his life that qualifies us. Okay, I'm off track, but anyway. He lived a life. He took and bore our sin and his death. He made a decision. He was buried. Jesus was buried. Right? And then he rose again. He rose again. And he ascended. And then he sent his spirit into the world. And he's come to you. And he's come to me. And he's waiting that we would make a decision. Abraham did not ask God to come to him. Abraham was in the comfortable place of his home and God came to him in the heat of the day. And Abraham could have sat there and said, Lord, would you come a little closer because it's pretty hot. Hey, Lord, I'm really needing you to come closer because I'm comfortable in the place that I'm at. Where I'm at, the life that I'm living is comfortable. I need you to come. He could have said that, but, 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 but Abraham didn't do that, did he? See, three things happened. One, Abraham was sitting there, and God came to him. Two, Abraham saw that God came to him with favor. And three, Abraham made a decision. Not only did he make a decision, but he made the right decision. He made the best decision. He made a decision that changed his life. I'm not talking about repenting of your sin and saying, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. And now you're, I'm not talking about that decision. I'm talking about a decision where you say, I'm not living the life I used to live. But I'm going to pursue wholeheartedly after the person of Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about coming to church. And singing songs and getting excited and praying out loud at pre-service prayer or going to a small group 
These things are of utmost importance for your life and for your growth to come and be a part of the family of God and worshiping. But I'm talking about your intimate, personal relationship with Jesus. You need to make a decision. Nobody was around. It was just Abraham sitting outside of his door, and God came to him. It doesn't say God came to him and Sarah. Now, see, he did eventually come to Sarah. But God came to him, and nobody was around. And he made a decision. Are you going to make a decision? I'm not going to ask tonight. My, my title isn't, are you going to make one? My title is, make your decision. I, either, either, either make this decision or don't make this decision. God came to you with blessing and favor and love. He holds you in the palm of his hand. He's for you. He's not against you. He's on your side. He has a purpose. He has a plan for you. He has peace for you. He has joy for you. He's got more love for you. He's got a high calling for you. He's got things for you. But the problem is we don't make the decision to pursue him by ourselves when nobody's around. I'm not talking about coming and worshiping as hard as you can here on a Thursday night or Sunday morning. That means nothing to me. And it means nothing to God if you don't pursue him when nobody's looking. As a matter of fact, when you pray in public, and you hadn't prayed in private, your prayer means nothing. How can you say that? Read Matthew 6, 5 through 11. I'm talking about a personal relationship with Jesus. I'm talking about you making a decision to say, I'm going to stand up, I'm going to run, I'm going to run to Jesus, and I'm going to give him my best. you got to understand something. Abraham gave him his best. Abraham made a decision that this man, this person, this Lord Jesus, who's come to me with favor and blessing, is not going to leave here until I've given him my best. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not going to let him. He said, hey, my Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, don't go on past by your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and the rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts. After that, you may pass by. There was a desire. There was a motive. That Jesus, I want to be with you. That when I wake up in the morning, no matter how tired I am, no matter how sleep I have got or haven't gotten, I'm going to get up and I'm going to spend time with you because I love you. I'm not talking about going to your small group and praying like you know Jesus. I'm talking about getting up when nobody can see. I'm talking about getting up when you're still tired. I'm talking about getting up when you got a lot of homework to do. But you know that this day, I not only need to spend time with Jesus, but I want to spend time with Jesus because he's my Lord. He's my master. He's my savior. He's came to me with blessing. Lord, don't leave until I've blessed you. Don't leave until I've praised you. Don't leave until I've given you my best. That should be our life. I'm not saying you should have this fear that God's going to leave you. God ain't going to leave you. God's with you. You got to make the decision to bless and praise him. You got to make the decision to get up in the morning. Because you want to. Because you can't help it. 
when you wake up at 3 or 2 o'clock in the morning, you just can't stop thinking about Jesus because you love Jesus. Not because your youth pastor tells you to love Jesus. Not because your small group leader tells you. Not because your mom and dad tell you. Not even because the Bible tells you. But because your heart tells you, I want Jesus. I'm talking about you coming to a place where, where you don't care. You don't care how tired you are. You don't care what you feel. You make a decision. See, decisions... Decision doesn't, doesn't rely on a feeling. Hear me. Hear me. Because, because every single one of us in this room has a tendency to rely on a feeling to make a decision. And God is telling you tonight, don't rely on your feelings to make a decision. Because if you rely on your feelings to make a decision, you'll never make a decision. Let me say something too. Abraham didn't even call. Sorry, God, God, Jesus didn't even call Abraham to come out. And we say things like this. Well, I, you know, I, I didn't, you know, I felt led to pray. Or I didn't feel led to pray. Stop saying that. I'm not saying that, 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 that if you feel led to pray, it's wrong. I'm saying that you shouldn't have to feel led to pray, to pray. I'm saying that you shouldn't have to feel somebody wake you up or a feeling or, or, a, or a nudge to wake you up to get up to spend time with Jesus. I'm not talking about coming here and worshiping. I'm talking about what happens in your closet. What happens in your bedroom? What happens when you're driving down the road by yourself? What happens? Do you give him your best? You know, we're people that give God our leftovers. We give him our leftovers. You know, at the end of the day, when all's said and done, I'll say my goodnight prayer. Oh, Lord, I thank you so much. And pretty much what we're saying is, Lord, I thank you that I was comfortable all day. And if I wasn't comfortable, I'm not going to thank you. But that's pretty much what we're saying. Lord, I thank you that I, I didn't get any accidents today, and I wasn't sick today. And we have all these temporal thanksgivings to God. But God wants you to thank him regardless of the temporal situation. He wants you to thank him because of the eternal situation and position that you are in because Christ has saved you and bought you and seated you in heavenly places. Regardless of my temporary situation, my eternal position is I am seated in heaven. And because of that, I'm going to praise Jesus. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I, you got to get some tonight. I'm not asking for you to come to a feeling. I'm asking for you to make a decision. Gabriel, I don't really feel it. I don't really care. Because if you wait for a feeling, you're never going to make the decision. It doesn't feel good to get out in the heat of the day and talk to somebody. That's why they sat under the shade. Shoot. I'm talking to you. He's talking to you. I'm talking about your best. You don't give God your best unless you have a desire that wants to serve and please and bless him regardless of what you feel. You hear what I'm saying? 
Don't wait for a feeling. I know I've said this before, but I think it's so crucial even tonight that you're still waiting for a feeling. You're still waiting for a sign. You're still waiting for a nudge. Gabriel, that's not me. Okay, then you're good. But I know that's me. I know that's my tendency is to wait for a feeling to pursue and love Jesus. Well, but you don't understand. I got all these things happening in my life, and I, I, got, I got this, and I got that, and I didn't really sleep last night. Yeah, I know. When you don't really want to, you come up with a lot of excuses. No, I want to. No, you don't, because you would do what you want to do. So I'm telling you tonight, if you don't do it, it's because you don't want to do it. Come on, I'm, I'm, I love you. I do tonight. I love you, and I last, I loved you last night too. But tonight, I love you, and I, and I want to see something change in your heart. But something's not going to change in your heart if you don't make a decision, Gabriel. But Gabriel, but, but, but I need to have that desire. You're waiting for a feeling, but Gabriel, I don't really. I don't, I, I mean, yeah, I, I get it, but I don't, I don't, but you need to understand something. You need to make a decision every morning. Not what you're feeling, a decision. Come on, say a decision. Can the worship team come back up here? You with me? Abraham gave him his best. Are you giving God your best? Think about that. Have you prepared your best. What's your best? The first words that come out of your mouth in the morning. What's your best? When nobody's looking. See, if you pray in public more than you pray in private, it's because you are praying out of a moral obligation, not out of a desire. If you pray more in public than you do in private, it's because you're praying out of a moral obligation, meaning you feel like you have to do it. You're doing it out of a religion, not out of a desire and a relationship with Jesus. I, I want to see us want Jesus. So Gabriel, I, I want an impact. Well, an impact's not going to happen when you gather with a bunch of people and just pray and ask Jesus to do something. Impact's going to happen when you desire to want Jesus. An impact's going to happen when you desire to make a decision to say, Lord... From this moment on, I'm going to seek you. How many got feelings? Come on, we got feelings. You know what the problem with our feelings are and is? The problem with our feelings is that we let our feelings lead us. Can we just play the piano, Seth? Piano, let's just play the piano for a moment before, because I don't want to yell over the drums and stuff. Did you hear what I just said? The problem with feelings is that we let them lead us. Feelings aren't bad. Don't, don't, don't hear me wrong. Feelings aren't bad. Come on, say feelings aren't bad. Feelings aren't bad. Come on, say it again. Feelings aren't bad. But decisions are better. If you make a godly decision, good feelings will come with it. Did you hear what I just said? If you make a godly decision, good feelings will come with it. But if you wait for good feelings, the godly decision will never happen. Because your heart and your feelings were never made to lead you. 
saying something tonight that if you get this, you'll never be the same. If you get it and you apply it. When he saw him, he ran from the tent door to meet him. It doesn't say when he saw him, he said, Lord, can I come out there? Lord, is it okay for me to... Hey, Lord, will you come a little closer? Hey, Lord, show me something so that I can want to come out there or something. The Bible says he just saw and ran. That's what I'm talking about is that you have to see, you have to grasp the most marvelous revelation that the God of the universe that was never obligated to come to you in the first place has come to you with favor and blessing. And all he wants is that we would run to him. God, don't, hey, Lord, Lord, I don't want you to go. I don't, I don't, I want to just be here. I don't really want to go to work. I, I don't really want to go spend time with people, though I love people, but I, I just want to be here with you. Lord, I, I, don't leave. Don't leave. What, what can I do for you, Lord? How can I bless you? How can I prepare my best for you? I want you to stay. I don't want you to leave. I don't want you to go away. I'm not saying you should be afraid that God's going to leave you. I'm saying that you should have a desire. You could just be with him. You're in a position tonight. You're in a situation tonight. Each one of you are. Gabriel already made this. I've already repented and turned, and I'm already passionate. You're not passionate enough. And if you think you are, you've just failed. You're not passionate enough. You don't. You, you haven't responded. I haven't. I'm not saying that I try to respond and do all these things that God would love me more. I, I do these things. I do these things. God loves me because God loves me so much. Gabriel, I don't even know. I don't even know. You know, when I do that, I don't even feel anything. That's a problem. You're seeking feelings more than you're seeking Jesus. But when I get up in the morning, my eyes are tired and my, my mind's running. And, and I, I mean, you know, I, I try to get five minutes in. That's your problem. You're trying to you're trying to get something done out of an obligation, out of a moral, out of a moral obligation, out of, out of a religion. You're trying to get something done, but I don't feel anything. That's your problem. You're looking for a feeling. You're not looking for Jesus. God, I'm going to worship you this morning. I'm going to worship you this evening. I'm going to worship you as I'm driving down the road because I see something. I see that you love me. I'm not waiting for a feeling, God. I, I see that you love me. So I'm going to love you back. God, how can I give you my best? Lord, I don't really feel anything. And if I don't feel anything this morning, I don't really care. I just want to praise you because of what you've done for me. And Lord, I don't really 
want to leave this place because I just want to be with you because I love you so much. God, I pray for my family because I love them. God, I can't wait to go to church tonight because I can't wait to spend time with my family and I can't wait to worship you again. I can't wait to receive what the word is. I, I can't wait to see that new person and make them feel welcome. I can't wait to serve in that, that ministry. I, I can't wait to go to do PowerPoint or do lighting or do sound or, or take the chairs down or help set up for TNL. I can't wait, God. I can't wait because I love you so much. When's that going to happen in you? Would you stand with me? What's that going to happen in you? I'm going to come back down here. When you think to yourself, I'm making my decision to pursue Jesus, to love God when no one's looking. No one sees me but him. Look, young people, I don't care how exciting our worship gets. I, I, don't, I don't care how much, how, how, how loudly you may yell. And I'm not saying those things are wrong. My point is that I don't, I don't really care about those things. Because I can leave that and, and we can have a great service. But if you don't love Jesus when no one is looking, then we're all just a bunch of fools. We're all just a bunch of fakes. You know what I'm saying? Bow your heads with me. Come on, bow your heads with me. It's not, a, it's not like the most profound word. I'm not trying to do that tonight. I'm trying to get something to resonate in your heart where you ask yourself the question, have I made the decision? And secondly... Have I given him my best? Have I given him my best? Is, am I all in? Have I given him everything? It's just you and me here tonight, Lord know that I'm around a bunch of people and a family and friends. God, it's just you and me. It's just you and each individual here. It's just us. We want to make a decision.
words. I want you to be real with yourself. I want you to look at your mornings. I want you to look at your times. Nobody's around. I want you to ask the question, do you run to him? <laughs>